0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. Today, I'm going to talk about what to do when you hit an emotional wall, and also share some tools to create an emotional first aid kit so that you can get past those walls. You may have seen it in others or perhaps experienced it in yourself. Someone starts off with great intentions toward change and self-improvement, only to become discouraged and give up. I'm going to explain why that might happen and how to work through it when those feelings of wanting to give up arise. Being properly informed empowers us to be able to keep going and experience healing, peace, and growth. To understand why we hit emotional walls, it's helpful to understand a little bit about the normal function of the brain. There is a network of neurons located in the brainstem called the reticular activating system or RAS, which is the gateway into the brain. All the sensory information that we encounter first enters through the RAS, which determines where to send it. The reticular activating system acts as a filter so we don't become overwhelmed by an overload of information. The job of the RAS is very important because it is estimated that the human brain takes in about 11 million bits of information every second. But, on average, we're only consciously aware of about 40 bits of information per second. So when I say that the RAS filters information, I'm not talking about filtering out a little bit of information, I'm talking about a major filtration process. It is the job of the RAS to decide what is important and what can be safely ignored. When the RAS is deficient, such as in cases of autism, ADD, and ADHD, too much information is allowed into the conscious mind, and it causes a sensory overload and a difficulty in concentration and the ability to focus. So the job of the RAS is very important for our safety, comfort and functionality. However, the next question is, or at least should be, how does the RAS decide which information is important? The answer is that it makes those decisions based on automatic programming that you and I created without even being aware of it. It is done on a subconscious level and is largely determined by what we focus on. If we spend a lot of time focusing on a particular thing, then the automatic subconscious programming of the RAS assumes that that information must be important. That's why, uh, for example, if you're pregnant, all of a sudden you see expectant mothers everywhere. Or, if you're trying to buy a new car and you've been researching a particular make and model, all of a sudden you start to notice that car everywhere. The truth is that those expectant mothers or those cars were there all along, but the RAS considered that information to be something that was safe to ignore. However, now that you're focusing on those things, the RAS figures it must be important, so it points them out for you. This normal and natural RAS system, which is designed to keep us safe and comfortable, can cause some problems, however, when you're dealing with mental and emotional issues, such as depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. A person who is struggling with depression is often focused on thoughts like, my life is miserable, people would be better off without me, there is no hope, and things like that. A person who is struggling with feelings of low self-esteem often has circulating thoughts like, I'm not good enough, nobody likes me, I'm a failure, and so on. Because these are the predominant thought patterns, the RAS uses this as the basis for determining what is important. This means that anything that doesn't support those negative feelings are filtered out, and the only information that is allowed to enter the conscious are those things that support the depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, failure mentality, or whatever issue you're dealing with. This strengthens and builds on the problem by continually adding evidence that those feelings of depression, low self-esteem, or whatever, are valid, and the situation becomes progressively worse. Furthermore, if we make a conscious effort to say or do something that is contrary to the current subconscious programming, the brain considers this a dangerous threat and sends out a warning that in order to be safe, you need to go back. When that warning hits, it feels like running into an impenetrable wall, and people naturally want to give up. When these walls arise, we have two choices. We can either choose to retreat and go back to where it feels safe, or we can work through them and move forward. If you choose to retreat, the walls become stronger and stronger and harder to get through. If we choose to move through them, it makes us stronger and we can get through future walls easier. So, one choice makes the wall stronger and the other choice makes us stronger. For a person who is watching from the outside, the right choice seems pretty obvious, but when you're in it, it is a lot harder than it looks. When I was going through this process of healing, I hit that wall immediately, and I wanted to give up on day one. It's difficult to adequately describe, but it literally felt like I was going to die. I felt not only the mental and emotional feelings of fear and whatever, but also the physical symptoms as if my life was being threatened, like rapid breathing, heart pounding, sweating, and shaking. It was really scary. Fortunately, I had been warned that this would happen, so I knew what to do. To get through that wall, I used one of the tools in my emotional first aid kit. An emotional first aid kit is just a list of simple tools or actions that can cause an immediate, although temporary, positive effect, like singing, for example, and I'll explain in a few minutes how and why this helps. Singing is the tool I use to help me get through this first wall. I cranked up one of Shakira's songs called Try Anything from the movie Zootopia and sang along. Singing it through once wasn't enough. I had to repeat it three times before the feelings of panic that my life was in mortal danger subsided, and I knew that I would survive. The remedy is surprisingly simple, but it takes a lot of courage to follow through. Think about it. Imagine you're watching a movie and a monster is chasing someone. Do they find a place to hide, or do they jump out and start singing a song? You know that if they sing a song, they're going to get eaten. And you might even think that they deserve to get eaten because they were too dumb to hide. That's how I felt. The monster was chasing me. I was in danger, and I wanted to hide. But someone had told me that what I was actually supposed to do in this situation was to turn on the music and sing a song a bunch of times. It took a massive leap of faith to respond By using the tools in my emotional first aid kit, rather than the natural response of wanting to shut down and hide. With some experience and knowing that these things actually help, it doesn't sound so ridiculous, but to start out, it really does take a lot of courage and a leap of faith. If we can push through these walls and keep going, then our thoughts, and feelings slowly change, and the RAS naturally adjusts its programming to allow positive input without fighting or outright rejecting it. So, if you don't give up, then this fight with our subconscious is temporary during a transition period, but it's also inevitable, and this causes many people to give up because they don't understand what's happening. All they know is that there is a warning voice in their head that they're not safe. So they quit and retreat. If you've ever felt that way, I understand. I've felt that way too. But don't worry, you're stronger than you think. I invite you to try something new and work through those walls. I'm going to share some tools that you can use to create your own emotional first aid kit and work through the tough times that can arise in our lives, especially when we are trying to improve ourselves. Number one, sing a song three times. Singing has been scientifically proven to lower stress, relieve anxiety, and elevate endorphins, which make you feel uplifted and happy. It also helps relax muscle tension and decreases the level of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream, and can help take your mind off the day's troubles to boost your mood. In addition, scientists have identified a tiny organ in the ear called the sacculus, which responds to frequencies created by singing. The response creates an immediate sense of pleasure, regardless of what the singing sounds like, so you don't have to have an amazing voice to feel the positive effects of singing Participants in one study showed significant decreases in both anxiety and depression levels after one month of just adding singing to their daily routine. So, if you find yourself in a rough spot, sing along to a positive, upbeat song. Sing through one song three times, or sing three different positive, upbeat songs once. And if three isn't enough then do it 5 or 10 or however many times it takes. Allow the music to wash through you and feel the healing and invigorating effects immediately lifting mood and bringing relief. From my own experience, I can say that it really works. Number two, boost confidence and mood with a hero pose. You can improve your mood in just 90 seconds by doing this one simple trick. Put your chin up, smile, even if you don't feel like it. Pull your shoulders back, stand straight and tall with your hands relaxed at your sides or on your hips. Keep both feet pointing forward and keep weight even on both legs. Hold this position for 90 seconds. Science shows that doing these things will not only make you appear more confident and happy, it actually makes you feel more confident and happy. Even if you don't feel like it, doing the actions will help increase those feelings. If we want to feel happy, then we need to smile more. If we want to feel more confident, then we stand tall and pull our shoulders back. Holding this pose for just 90 seconds increases the level of testosterone, which boosts confidence, while decreasing the levels of cortisol, which lowers stress. Furthermore, smiling, even if it's a fake or forced smile, increases the production of mood-enhancing hormones such as dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins, which can help us feel better. Number 3. Connect with nature Spending time outside in nature is good for the body and the mind. It helps distract us from problems and just helps us feel good. If the weather permits, take off your shoes and feel the grass or sand under your feet. Feel the warmth of the sun and the coolness of the breeze and feel your body moving as you walk. Hear the birds or the waves or the rustle of grass in the wind. Smell the flowers and the trees and see the beauty of nature all around you. Enjoy a sensory experience in nature and feel its healing effects. Number 4. Take a walk. Virtually any form of exercise can act as a stress reliever. It does wonderful things to help our emotional well-being. Exercise increases the production of endorphins, which are the brain's feel-good neurotransmitters. Walking is also a form of moving meditation, which calms us down and distracts us from our problems. It improves mood, helps us relax, and improves the quality of sleep. So if you're feeling stressed out, it might be a good idea to pause and go for a walk. Number five, the two-minute distraction. One of the unhealthiest and most common forms of negative thinking is called rumination. To ruminate means to chew over. It's like when your boss yells at you or you make an embarrassing mistake or you have a big fight with a friend and you just can't stop replaying the scene in your head for days, sometimes weeks on end. Spending so much time focused on upsetting and negative thoughts actually puts you at significant risk for developing clinical depression, alcoholism, eating disorders, and even cardiovascular disease. The problem is, the urge to ruminate can feel really strong, so it's a difficult habit to stop, but there are ways to combat that urge. Studies tell us that even a two-minute distraction is sufficient to break the urge to ruminate in that moment. If your thoughts are swirling in despair, take action to break free of them and attain a fresh perspective. Become immersed in a great book that moves you or watch a movie that transports you. Exercise, go for a walk. In short, do whatever you know from your experience that bounces your thinking to a more optimistic place. If you can succeed in changing your mental channel for at least two minutes, you have a chance of breaking that destructive cycle of rumination. Number 6. Laughter When looking for an excellent distraction, laughter really is the best medicine. Laughter stops distressing emotions. It can help you shift perspective, allowing you to see situations in a more realistic, less threatening light. Laughter makes you feel good. It triggers the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals. And the good feeling that you get when you laugh remains with you even after the laughter subsides. Humor helps you keep a positive, optimistic outlook through difficult situations, disappointments, and loss. It adds joy and zest to life and eases anxiety and tension, relieves stress, improves mood, and strengthens resilience. So, what makes you laugh? Make a list of the things that make you laugh and keep them on hand, because nothing works faster or more dependably to bring your mind and body back into balance than a good laugh. Number seven, mini meditation. There are many studies that verify that meditation eases anxiety and mental stress. Here's a mini meditation exercise that you can do anytime, anywhere to help you calm down in just a few seconds. Put your hands in front of you and line your fingertips up. Take five slow, deep belly breaths while pressing the fingertips against each other then shake out your hands, relax them at your side or on your lap, and take one last slow, deep breath. Number eight, connect with friends. We live in a digital age where we can be tempted to replace person-to-person contact with just phones and computers, especially when we're feeling vulnerable. But humans are social creatures. We need to feel supported, valued, and connected. Studies show that being socially connected increases happiness and leads to better health and longer life. And it obviously overcomes feelings of loneliness and isolation. Make a list of people that you can turn to. These are people that you trust to support you. Reach out and ask for specific kinds of help if necessary. Remember, your friends can't read your mind and it's not fair to expect them to. Number nine, replace rumination with positive affirmations. When we get caught in the trap of rumination, which is repeating negative self-thoughts over and over again, we have to do something to interrupt that cycle, or it just keeps going. Rumination is very dangerous because studies show that people believe things that they hear a lot, because they are familiar, and we disbelieve things that we don't hear a lot because they are unfamiliar. It is really interesting because there is no basis in logic, but it happens. This is why it's so dangerous when we repeat over and over in our minds things like, I'm not good enough, or I'm a failure, or nobody cares about me. Even though there is no basis in logic for these statements, We believe them to be true simply because we repeat them to ourselves over and over again. There is a way to combat these beliefs by using that same principle of repetition. By creating positive statements about ourselves and repeating them over and over, it can create a new, healthier, positive belief system. So... If a thought keeps running through your mind like, I'm not good enough, then replace it with another opposite and positive statement such as, I am worthy of being loved, valued, and appreciated. I am loved, valued, and appreciated. I am good enough. And repeat that over and over again. As a warning, it won't be easy. When you say those things, your subconscious will tell you that they're lies. Studies show that once we believe something, we instinctively defend and protect it without even being aware of it. But if we keep at it, relentlessly and consistently, that power of repetition can retrain our brains to accept those things as true. Just keep going. Number 10. Pet the dog. If you're feeling anxious, stressed, or depressed, or lonely, one thing that might help is to spend some time petting a dog or cat. Science shows that playing with or petting an animal can reduce stress and also help reduce feelings of isolation and help us feel connected. Petting a dog or cat increases oxytocin production in the brain, which lowers stress and increases feelings of happiness. It also decreases production of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So it works in multiple ways to help you calm down and feel better. Number 11, a small act of service. Depression and anxiety tend to make a person retreat inward. Helping other people can help bring us outside of ourselves. It can also help distract us from our own problems and think about something else. Studies have shown that people who help others have lowered levels of depression and anxiety and better self-esteem. In fact, in research studies, service was more effective in making a positive difference in the way participants felt about themselves than those who made an effort to pamper themselves or create self-esteem goals. Number 12, dark chocolate. J.K. Rowling was right on track when she used chocolate to help treat the unpleasant effects of the dementors on Harry Potter. It turns out that extra dark chocolate really does improve your mood and is great for brain health. A good rule of thumb is to go for chocolate that is 85% cocoa or more. Basically, the darker the chocolate, the better it is for your brain. Cocoa is high in flavanols, which have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties and reduce blood pressure. For a reference point, the darker the chocolate, the more flavanols it will have. So, the bottom line here is that eating dark chocolate is good for your memory, your blood pressure, and your mood. It helps alleviate depression and also acts as an anti-inflammatory, which means it's good for your brain. So if we've just listed a dozen tools that you can use any time to help you get through a rough spot. We've also talked about emotional walls and some of the reasons why they show up. Knowledge is power. Now you know what is happening, why it's happening, and what you can do about it. This knowledge empowers us to get past roadblocks that might impede our growth, Progress and healing. I know this is a lot of information to remember, but don't worry. All of this is written down and easily accessible on the Hope for Healing website at hopeforhealingfoundation.org. I invite you to create your own emotional first aid kit and use these tools to help get past the rough spots of life. You have more power than you might realize. You can do this, and I promise that it's worth it. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Corey Taylor. You have incredible lives ahead of you. You have incredible things that you can accomplish. If you feel that, you will have an amazing life. Do not let anything build a wall too high for you to get over. You can get through it. You're stronger than you think. You'll always be stronger than you think. See you next time on Linda's Corner.